You are now listening to Charlie Loves Soul. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Plug One Two podcast. I've been busy with the Beat Junkie radio shows, which is going to be on demand, if not currently already on demand, for the Lakers mixtape. And I'm still iffy on one of the shows that I do with John and Nathan. Jonathan has been a little bit absent because he works Saturdays and he also lives in Chino. So it's hard. Uh, thinking about calling it Carmel City, I'm not sure yet. But uh, I'm doubling up with the podcast loads on the Plug On 2 website. We have the Lakers mixtape that's up. And this one will be up on Wednesday afternoon. I'm actually recording Wednesday morning. It's about 5 a.m. right now. And um, no, I've just been enjoying my time being here in L.A. I think I was suffering a little bit of PTSD from like what I did for the last four years. I don't want to talk about that some more, but basically it's my dad passing, me handling all um, the extrajudicial process, supposed to move my mom. She breaks her femur, so I ended up staying in Manila another extra 10 months. So now I'm here, and I have a video project, a jiu-jitsu video project that's in the works. I don't know who's going to pick it up, but it uh, was invited to a major uh, network to put together the pilot and to pitch to them, which is a great big deal. And I've been getting a lot of job interviews, but I've been turning down. I turned down two job offers because this is the bigger plan for me right now is this uh, video project that I'm going to start filming end of September. So uh, I, I've been really happy, been seeing a regular rotation of friends and people who have been supportive all throughout. So I've been really happy the last month, month and a half. Uh, I, I did have a good friend pass away, I do believe August 7th in Manila, Philippines. I went to attend his funeral, or his viewing at least. And um, now I'm dealing with a lot of things to move forward with my career. So for you who's listening, who's still tuning in, I really appreciate you. Um, hopefully things pan out for the best with this video project that's coming up and I will, uh, push hard for it. But anyways, uh, there's an important topic that I wanted to talk about. It, it really is about power where you become ignorant to other people's feelings, right? So for this episode or show, I want to talk about in depth about Taco Tuesday, by LeBron James. Now, this is not a slight or attack towards LeBron James. This is just a occurrence I've noticed that's happened to me, myself, until I became a little bit more self-aware. I've seen it happen to a lot of friends who are stuck in the not self-aware zone. Let's just call it that. But here is um, LeBron James talking about uh, or executing his viral sensation Taco Tuesday, right? How do you guys love my t-shirt? It's Tuesday somewhere. So you know what that means? It's Taco Tuesday! What is it today? Bryce, what is it? Savannah, what is it? It's Taco Tuesday. Why are you so cold? We got new people here for Taco What is it? You think you're out of it, Ronnie? What is it? So, 
seems innocent, right? He's he's celebrating uh, time with his family. He's out and about. I don't want to say brandishing his lifestyle, but he's just celebrating his life, right? And if you really think about it, it's about celebrating Taco Tuesday, right? But if you put yourself into perspective and in the position of someone Latino, specifically Mexican, Mexican-American or a Mexican immigrant, or if you're just from Mexico, right? It may come off a little bit inappropriate. Or if you really are proud and you're not a fan of the accent, you're being racist. Or you could even be culturally appropriating. So here's LeBron James in front of a bunch of kids accentuating something that could be seen uh, racially inappropriate, right? So he's talking to the crowd. um, I don't know what to say. Psych! You know what today is. Taco So that's him with the kids, right? And what you'll find here is he's going to go ahead and do like this uh, semi-obnoxious impersonation of a celebratory Mexican penchant, right? Oh, me. So to me, that that is royally fucked up. I, I'm I'm not a fan of that. Does it? Did it initially bother me in the beginning? No, no, it didn't. But after a few moments, you go like, "Holy shit! That's 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 a terrible, terrible impression of someone celebrating in a Mexi- Mexican nationalist method, right? Which is really bad. But it, to a certain extent." This is not LeBron James's fault. This isn't, you know, uh, black people have, or African Americans and Africans in general, have been subdued into this post-slavery adjustment, right? So, in, in everything, and I hate to talk about it in an economic way, it's like a product life cycle. As as you are, you know, moving on up and getting empowered. And you are finally empowered and you are financially secure. You do things that are terrible. You do things that you are not aware about. Okay? In this case, because LeBron is coming from a position of power, he gets to execute this Taco Tuesday uh, viral sensation, but is not aware. Because you're also drunk in in perpetuity of power he's i don't think this guy will ever become poor he's too smart to become poor but we we know that uh once you're financially set and you surround yourself with people who are good and financially sound you're going to be good right you're going to be good but here's jason whitlock where he talks about lebron james wanting to trademark this is the position of power where LeBron James now is taking over, is not being self-aware. The first issue is him talking about Taco Tuesday. He's making a vile sensation. Now he's doing the uh, ethnic impression. That's one thing. The next thing is really about the Taco Tuesday trademarking. 
Being Taco Tuesday and all, before we go, I'd like to further elaborate on the delusion of NBA star LeBron James. Please, oh, here we go. King James has attempted to claim ownership of Taco Tuesday on the basis of his dozen or so social media posts promoting the meal. He filed for a trademark of the phrase, hoping to own it in the electronic media, advertising, and entertainment spaces. I'm not a lawyer. Maybe James has a legitimate claim, and his claim won't infringe upon the Taco Tuesday trademark the restaurant chain Taco John received in 1989. So keep that in mind. Uh, another entity, a restaurant, tried to trademark the term Taco Tuesday in 1989, and it failed. So the other issue there is, if it does pass and he owns the trademark, what makes LeBron properly the owner over that? Over a Mexican restaurant owner. Maybe he's giving more to the people because it is a a lineage of celebrating the culture. So if LeBron James gets that, you know what it's about, people. My audience is smart. It's because he's LeBron James. He can pull some strings. He has money. Okay? But here's another interesting thing where power corrupts. And like I said, you become tunnel visioned, right? You're not self-aware anymore. Because keep in mind, when it comes to your past, let's say... You're not powerful. You've had a bad experience with white people. White people have been racist towards your culture. And then now you're in power. And then someone white may be in the same stream of executing a product that you have. And you try to shut that shit down. Hmm, Some research. Here's what I do know. This isn't the first time LeBron James has arrogantly claimed ownership of a cliche idea. In April of 2018, James's lawyers wrote Nick Saban a letter demanding that the Alabama football coach quit doing his internet show, Shop Talk, because it allegedly mimicked and infringed on the intellectual property of LeBron's barbershop-themed talk show. Mm. I shit. LeBron James thinks he invented barbershop TV talk, and he'll be damned if Nick Saban or anybody else sits inside of a barbershop surrounded by groupies and worshipers. So that's it. That's it right there. Uh, Nick Saban can't do it, but Kevin Durant can. Kevin Durant has followed. You can even say copycatted LeBron James's career. LeBron James left Cleveland, couldn't win a ring, teams up with, a, with another champion, Dwayne Wade. Okay? Wins, goes to the finals four years in a row, wins two rings. Goes back to Cleveland, and he's like the celebrated star. So it's all about moving and player empowerment. Kevin Durant is now going to be playing on his third team. Could not win in Oklahoma. Could not win with Russell Westbrook. Could not win with James Harden. And then now he goes to the Golden State Warriors, who has been winning rings already. Or or has won a ring. Okay? And he is the cherry on top that's over the top with the talent of the Golden State Warriors. The GM on the first parade where Kevin Durant win, wins a ring calls him out and plays a joke on him, stating like, hey, hey you know, I, I'm not 
I'm not quoting, I'm not even paraphrasing, but it's to the effect of like, hey, you know, uh, I'm glad you won a ring on our back. So he wins another ring, and guess what? Instead of winning so many different rings, his insecurity took over, but he does have the power, so now he moves over to Brooklyn towards Aquiles. And then now, what's happening is he's putting up his own production company, and he has a show called The Boardroom. So Kevin Durant is is copycatting LeBron James's moves. By the way, Jimmy Kimmel had these bits, though in the spirit of comedy, though it is heavily societal, Jimmy Kimmel had segments to his show where he interviews people who are both um, employees of the barbershop and customers of the barbershop. Was Jimmy Kimmel, one, being culturally inappropriate? So does that make LeBron James a copycat? No, he, he didn't have any right to halt Nick Saban's The Shop or whatever, whatever the fuck the name of that shop was. But this is, this is not a case of being the oppressor. This is a case of not being self-aware. This is a case of LeBron James needing to realize once he matures into his product life cycle, he's going to realize, oh, I'm hoping he realizes like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is a little bit inappropriate. And just because you come from both ethno and cultural oppression does not mean you have the right to be uh, not oppressive, but insulting of another culture. So I wouldn't know. I'm not. I'm not of Latin descent. I'm not of not of Mexican descent. But it wouldn't shock me if a lot of Mexicans were, I don't know, offended. And I would hate to see blacks eye roll on that because then you should really sympathize and empathize to what they're saying. Also, what I wanted to bring up is, what if I put together um, a bit called? Watermelon Wednesdays. And I say it in a black scent, right? I mean, Uber, Justin Timberlake to the fourth power. Hey, yo, 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 check it out. I got Watermelon Wednesdays for y'all. Watermelon Wednesdays for you. Watermelon, y'all. Come on. Watermelon Wednesdays for you. How, How does that feel? Dude, I can imagine if, if if whatever ethnicity came out there and said, we have one on Wednesdays. I don't even know how to fucking do it. But yeah, think about that. Watermelon Wednesdays in a heavy black scent. Yo, this is DJ Charlie Love. So watermelon Wednesdays for y'all. Uh, we're going to talk about chicken skin. We're going to talk about having sickle cell anemia and also the ability to not swim. Coming right back, Watermelon Wednesdays, y'all, Shade 45. So think about that, Watermelon Wednesdays. Some of you are probably listening and like shrieking right now. DJ Charlie Lozo, Watermelon Wednesdays. Today we're going to interview Aquafina with her heavy black scent. What's up, Aquafina? Which, by the way, with Aquafina, she's now removing the black scent as she's uh, now moving up in stature in the entertainment world of acting. But that's another topic. But think about that watermelon Wednesdays.
Doesn't sit well, right? In this case with LeBron James, I, I just feel this is a classic example when you are in a position of power. Okay? This is when you're in a position of power and you're no longer self-aware. You're no longer self-aware of what you're doing. Here's a, here's a non-basketball example, right? To hammer my point. In hip-hop, the East Coast were the founders. And they had this overarching, egomaniacal thought like, Hey man, East Coast is the best. Fuck the West Coast. Fuck gangster rap. Now with me being an Asian kid who was a fan of hip-hop, I loved the East Coast. I, I was a West Coast head, just like my buddy Nathan, who's the co-host for uh, Carmel City or Charlie on the Beat Junkies on Beat Junkie Radio. I was... I. The only hip-hop that I liked in the golden era of the 90s was like Saphir and the Hobo Junction, you know, Souls of Mischief. Anything that sounded more East Coast-like or definitely artsy, right? So, like, the the Tupac style, the Snoop, obviously I love Dr. Dre the Chronic. Because that's just a, an amazing, brilliant album. With Tupac, I only have like three favorite songs. But I fucked with like the alcoholics who are from the Bay. I didn't like E-40. I loved Casual. But, you know, I was, I was very, I loved an East Coast sound. So now KMEL, Sway and King Tech... We're moving towards Los Angeles. Well, let me talk about King Tech first. King Tech was moving to Los Angeles. And and the LA West Coast rap scene was so disapproved, but now they earn power. Now they earn power. And what's happening is people from the Bay were moving to LA. King Tech. For those of you who, who are 40 and up, or at least 35 and up, Sway and King Tech was the West Coast representation of the pioneers who kept good hip-hop afloat. On the East Coast, it was Stretch and Bobbito. So now King Tech moved to L.A. And, and the L.A. heads weren't embracing them. Why? Because they had earned and garnished power already. Here's a classic example of, I had to dig so far deep, which is another reason why it passed two weeks for me to... Um, put together this podcast but here's king tech talking about the angelinos not embracing them even though they were at the uh the kmel crew swaying king tech were these pioneers but the moment they were moving into their territory they were like oh no 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 no, we can't fuck with you guys here's that audio bit man la cats don't like bay dudes mm. out the gate we was like remember that yeah we was like who what I'm like god damn we just got here like two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like honestly man it was like some beef going on back in the day and um so sway and i sat down one day we're like look man this is what we're gonna do we're gonna open the studios up to everybody so they can't hate us so we went on the air and said anybody who rhymes come to this address on yucca street and about a thousand people showed up they had security guards everything it was like madness so i remember uh, ruthless radio show what easy rest, easy rest in peace man yeah. that was our brother man he was like he, he was felt the same way he's like man y'all ain't gonna last here man this is your bay area dudes about the fourth week he was leaving the station 
And he said, God damn, what is, what's going on outside? Is a riot? And as his car was leaving, like, oh, they were like, we try to get in the wake-up show. And the next day he came over, he's like, yeah, yeah, y'all won. That's it. That was dope. Yeah. That was dope. You got So we did it, man. And through that, we found Raz Kaz, yeah. Exhibit, Ahmad. I mean, the list goes on and on. It was just, but there was a lot of whack dudes, too. That- so that's an example of, dude, hip-hop is hip-hop. New York had the power. They were judging L.A. L.A. had the power. They were judging the Bay. So this is a serious case where I don't think it's racism. I, I, for for, for you listening, I, I expect you to be sophisticated. And at least if you disagree with me, you know, you're going to have to be judicious about your disagreement. I don't think it's racist. No, no, no. Sorry. I believe this is not racism. This is not being self-aware. This is being drunk with power. And hopefully, people in position of power, once they go through being powerful for a while, will realize things. So, for me, this is not racism, but it's incorrect. Especially now that you're trying to uh, trademark Taco Tuesday when a Mexican restaurant owner tried to patent it. And that failed in 1989. For me, it's not racism. It's incorrect. You're in a position of power. And hopefully, you become more self-aware. So that's just food for thought for you guys. I'll try my best to, to dig for more topics that are important so that way you don't go crazy with all the stupid bullshit on Facebook and dum-dums on Twitter, dummies on Instagram. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a get-off-my-lawn guy because I am still on Twitter because it, there's tons of great information on Twitter. There's tons of entertaining, funny memes, funny videos, funny edits on Instagram. Both Instagram and Facebook, there's the unfollow for Facebook, so you don't have to delete them. I mistakenly deleted a bunch of friends that should have just hit unfollow. There's a bunch of people on Instagram that I just muted, both their posts and stories. With this Taco Tuesday thing, it's it's a to be continued. But I just want to hammer it down. It's not being racist. This is nothing against towards LeBron James. This is about being in power and not being self-aware because you are riding that power. Anyway, signing off, it's Charlie on Plug 1-2. Thank you.